Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. Hey, everybody, it's Robin Goble, and you've stumbled maybe again onto the Parenting After Trauma podcast, where I take the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translate that for parents of kids who have experienced trauma And of course, all the professionals who are helping them. And really, the podcast has expanded way beyond parents of kids who've experienced trauma to parents of kids with big, baffling behaviors who really aren't sure what to do. So welcome to all of you. 
I'm a psychotherapist with over 15 years of experience working with kids with big baffling behaviors, especially kids who've experienced trauma and their families. I'm also a self-diagnosed brain geek and relationship freak. I study the brain kind of obsessively and even previously taught the science of interpersonal neurobiology and a certificate program. I started this podcast on a whim simply to get you free, accessible support as fast as possible. So, so far, the podcast isn't fancy, and you've probably noticed I do very little to no editing. But even though this podcast isn't fancy, you just keep coming back. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up, loving kids, and wanting to help them and all the grownups who care for them. When you're finished with this episode, and of course, after you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player, head over to explore all the free resources on my website at robingobel.com slash free resources. There you can download my free ebook on the brilliance of attachment, or you can watch a free video series on what behavior really is, or a free video series about the impact of trauma on memory and behaviors. Again, that's all at robingobel.com slash free resources. As always, today's episode is sponsored by The Club, a virtual community of connection, co-regulation, and of course, a little education for parents of kids impacted by trauma. The Club is full of the most amazing amazing parents and professionals. I've honestly, I've never seen anything like this and it's far exceeded my expectations or hopes or imaginings of what the club was going to become. The way that club members just continue to show up for each other and themselves. It's just gone way past what I thought was possible. If you need to feel seen, to be gotten and understood, we would love, love, love to have you. The club's going to open for new members next in, I think, probably February of 2022. If you head over to robingobel.com slash the club, you'll be able to add yourself to the waiting list, and then you'll be the first to know when we open our doors again. If you feel like you need support now and you just can't wait to join the club, that makes perfect sense. You can hop into my fully self-paced digital course, Parenting After Trauma, Minding the Heart and Brain. You can start working through that course immediately. Access it at robingobel.com slash parent course. Y'all, I actually had another series planned for the remainder of 2021, but what my guests were talking about in the interviews that I was doing, and then what the parents are talking about in the club prompted me to change course and dedicate the rest of 2021 to a series about schooling, education, trauma, and the nervous system. School and schooling has always been a really big one for the families that I work with. Some kids with vulnerable nervous systems just thrive in the structure of school. They do well with like the less intimate relational demands and can feel regulated by the daily routine and really clear expectations about what's about to happen next. Some kids with really vulnerable nervous systems end up feeling pretty chronically dysregulated at school. And then this, of course, largely result in the behaviors that the schools just don't know how to navigate, then quickly the child is in a pretty vicious cycle of dysregulation, negative behavior, school response, increased dysregulation, increased challenging behavior, increased school response, increased dysregulation, right? And rinse and repeat here. 
If you're new to this podcast, I want to reassure you before we go any further that this podcast will take the same no shame, no blame stance as all of my previous episodes, because that's, that's who I am. Like that's what I embody. And that's what it means to be, to deeply, deeply understand the relational neurosciences and our nervous system. We're simply looking at behavior and making sense of them without judgment all behavior is adaptive and makes sense to that individual's nervous system at that moment based on what they're experiencing and neuroceiving and how they make sense of what they're experiencing and neuroceiving, which is completely subjective and based on that person's billions of previous experiences. So for more science, I'm not going to go into that concept any further today, um, but for more science on that and how all behavior is actually adaptive in the moment, given that person's nervous system, which certainly doesn't mean that all behavior is good or that we shouldn't feel pretty motivated to change some particularly challenging behavior. But in the moment, based on what that person is experiencing, on the state of their own nervous system in that moment, all behavior makes sense is adaptive. So to learn more about that concept, you can head to a previous podcast episode or blog article at robingobel.com slash maladaptive. It's one of the earlier podcast episodes. So if you're in your podcast app, just kind of scroll back to the first handful of episodes and you'll find it there. But y'all, if I'm going to sit here and say that all behavior is adaptive, all behavior makes sense in that moment. Now, that certainly doesn't mean all behavior is adaptive for that person's like, experience in the world and their relationships or all that kind of stuff. But in that particular moment in which that behavior occurs, that person's nervous system believes that that behavior is adaptive and appropriate. So when I anchor myself into that truth and I, you know, really, really believe that, I believe that about adult behavior too. So while sometimes we might talk about, talk on this podcast about both kids and adults, including myself, behaving in a way that we might call badly, it is always, always through the lens of curiosity and compassion and never judgment behavior. Y'all, it's just information. We can get curious about what it means. And definitely sometimes we have to set a boundary about it because simply because we understand behavior and believe it all makes sense doesn't mean we allow or tolerate behavior that's harmful or crosses boundaries. I've talked about that a lot. You can scroll back and look in the podcast or head to my blog about um, you know, a recent episode was called, I think, what about consequence? One of my first episodes was called boundaries with connection. So I talk about this concept a lot. So, okay, here we are. It's the fall, it's October. And this makes sense. Usually about mid-October, the conversation in my office with my clients becomes more about schools, the child's behavior at school and the frustration on how the school's responding, or maybe even provoking the behavior, right? We've settled in, it's fall, right? We've been in school for a little bit now. Um, things are starting to kind of chug along, which can for many kids mean increased behaviors, but also mid-October is when we start to have, you know, a, a never ending, it seems like parade of special events at school. And it starts with Halloween. And then we are find ourselves in a season of increased days off school holidays, special events, 
parties, treats, sugar, just generally speaking, lots of not sure what's about to happen next experiences, right? So there's a lot of reasons why this time of year can bring about more dysregulation. And that's definitely one of them. So again, it's this time of year where I start to spend more time on the phone with schools, meetings get scheduled, and I'm sending off resources to the ones who are expressing interest and curiosity and learning more. But let's just name a truth here at what's still kind of the beginning of this episode. The families I work with have to navigate a lot of school personnel, teachers, admins, support staff, who aren't really behaving in a way that suggests that they are curious or interested in learning more, right? And then what happens is that regretfully, these become adults who are behaving in a way that could be called rigid, controlling, and really even scary to our kids. Again, y'all remember, this is a no shame, no blame zone. I am not using words like rigid, controlling, or scary as judgmental words. They're just descriptions that describe the state of the nervous system and ultimately the behaviors that emerge from them. And that's happening. That happens in adults too, right? When I'm working with adults who are behaving in controlling in rigid ways, I really work hard to remind myself that those are behaviors of a brain in protection mode. Person's nervous system is not experiencing felt safety, and they've moved out of our brain's kind of default connection mode and into protection mode, defensiveness, rigidity, control. Those are all behaviors of protection mode. And a lot of the times we're looking at those behaviors through the lens of our children. And today we're just going to be thinking about them through the lens of grownups and educators and parents too, right? Curiosity, compassion and boundaries, flexibility. Those are all behaviors of a brain and nervous system in what I call connection mode. And if you're pretty new to the podcast and you're like, what? Protection mode, connection mode. I, of course, have a podcast about that too. Scroll back. It's called Connection or Protection. And on the web, you can find it at robingobel.com slash connection or protection. And that really will give you a framework for this concept of these two different kind of modes of the nervous system, connection mode or or protection mode. And y'all, educators right now are living in protection mode. They're stressed. They are at times literally unsafe. And if they aren't literally unsafe, they are neuroceiving that lack of safety. And maybe they're not being like physically attacked, although sometimes they are. They're being verbally attacked, right? They're understaffed and overworked. Some are still trying to figure out how to do both virtual teaching and in-person teaching at the same time. They're worried about their students. Students are missing. Like there are so many vulnerable students in the United States. I'm, I, I know that a lot of you aren't listening from the United States. It's just, a, of course, what I know most about is the United States, but there are literally students that educators are missing. You know, like students from previous years are like, where did this family go? Right. They are living in almost a chronic state of crisis. And this is now our third year of COVID school, right? Teachers are working in districts where parents are actually being arrested for assault of the teacher. You know, being a teacher is a hard task in the best of times, 
And we are nowhere close to the best of times, like nowhere close. And kids and parents are also spending a lot of time in protection mode in their nervous systems. So that means teachers are in protection with themselves, surrounded by other people in protection mode. And guess what happens when we create a system full of people in protection mode? We see behaviors of control, rigidity, and lack of flexibility. Relational behaviors emerge from connection mode, from feeling safe, connected, and regulated. And it's just plain hard to feel safe and regulated right now. Okay, so now that we've brought some understanding and compassion for our teachers a little bit back online, what do we do next? Because you might be thinking like, yep, my kids' teachers and admins are understandably stressed and they're running on fumes, but my kids' behavior is escalating, the punishment's escalating, and they're getting more dysregulated, so it's causing worse behavior, not better. Maybe you're thinking, I'm about to lose my job because I keep having to take time off of work to go to the school. Maybe you're just bone wary that you're still having to advocate against systems like token behavior management systems that honestly, it really is hard to understand why after all of these years of clear evidence that those kinds of systems are harmful and don't work, they're still being used, right? Yes, of course you're wary of this. What do we do next? Well, In some ways, my answer to that is, I don't know. But in some ways, my answer to that is, here's what I do know, and here's what I'm going to offer you. So first, I have a lineup of guests in the coming kind of, I think, six weeks of episodes that are going to bring compassion, care, and understanding to all sides of this, all sides, kids, parents, and of course, our educators. One of my upcoming guests is Lori DeSotles author of several books, but the one I know best is called Connections Over Compliance. And it's written for educators. She says in the interview that I, that Lori and I did together, that educators are crisis schooling right now. Maybe actually what she said was crisis educating. I don't, I don't totally remember, but you get my point, right? Many, if not most of our educators have been crisis educating for years, way before the pandemic due to lack of funding, under-resourced, overcrowded classrooms. And now again, they're in their third year, third school year of COVID school. And yes, this is a crisis. Very rarely do we have an experience where the folks whose job it is basically basically to kind of like hold the world together, folks like healthcare workers, educators, mental health workers, very rarely do we have an experience where those folks are experiencing the exact same crisis in the exact same time as the people that they are serving co-experiencing a crisis with the people you're supposed to be regulated enough to hold their crisis is straight up traumatic. I'm more in touch with how this is impacting our mental health workers who are burned out, they're quitting, and at times providing suboptimal care because their own nervous system's so frayed that they don't even realize how frayed they are because it's become our baseline. It's become our new normal. And I assume that this exact scenario is playing out with our educators, burned out, quitting, and at times providing suboptimal care. Now, and remember, y'all, this is no blame, no shame. These are just descriptions of the behaviors that are happening. A nervous system in a chronic state of crisis 
isn't capable of providing optimal care, right? So the normal and adaptive responses are leading the way. Control, rigidity, inflexibility, judgment, and punishment. Because those are behaviors that emerge from a nervous system in chronic protection mode. I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club, to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. So you're listening and you're a parent or a mental health worker and you're wondering, or maybe you're even an educator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there are lots of educators who've been listening and you're wondering, okay, but what do I do, right? How do I connect with the child's teacher or the admins? Because what's happening to my child or my client, you know, the controlling, the rigid systems, the punitive approach to change your behavior, the lack of compassion, the suspensions, the everything, it's just not okay, right? So what do we do? Well, I'm going to give you just a little bit of what you can do. And luckily it matches everything we talk about in this podcast and everything you read in my blog and you get through my trainings. And if you've taken parenting after trauma, it's in there too, right? You're going to lead with the same skills that you lead with when you want to connect and offer co-regulation to your child whose nervous system has moved into protection mode, right? So that means, first of all, we're going to tend to our own nervous systems first, acknowledge your very real and righteous feelings, right? Feelings of frustration, maybe even anger, maybe hopelessness. And you're going to notice those, acknowledge them as real, give yourself compassion, take a breath, and then apply the science of safety to the teacher. Their behavior lets us know that they're stressed and in protection mode. Approach them with curiosity and a genuine, and I truly mean genuine. And if you can't muster up genuine, you need to pause longer until you can. A genuine spirit of connection and teamwork. Be clear that you see them and their struggles and then offer to help and offer to help in a way that doesn't add more to their already packed days, more to their workload, right? So this could be an email that sounds something like, dear teacher, I know you have so much going on and and this email is now one more thing for you to tend to. I can't even imagine how you're juggling everything you're juggling right now. I wanted to send a quick note about Sam. He's 
definitely struggling to stay regulated at school, which we see in his behavior when he's rude, sassy, refuses to work, distracts the class, walks out, calls you names, whatever it is that your kid is getting in trouble for. I'm on the same page as you and that I definitely want Sam's behavior to change so that he can learn and you can do your job. I really understand the urge to punish Sam for his behavior because sometimes the behavior is so confusing, baffling, overwhelming, frustrating, whatever word. I sometimes don't know what else to do either. And then I move towards punishment too. Unfortunately, I've learned the hard way that not only does that not work, but it usually makes things worse. I'd love to to work together with you because I want as much as you do for Sam's behaviors to get better, not worse. How could I best support you? Would you like a meeting or would it be easier on your time and schedule if I just email over a few resources that have been really helpful to me in understanding Sam's behavior and in responding in a way that decreases those behaviors. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, pause, rewind. Like, I need to listen to this again. How do I get that? So let me just tell you, don't bother pausing, going back, trying to memorize the little script I just gave. I'm going to put it up in the um, extended show notes that I end up publishing on my blog. So you're just going to head over to my blog and go to robingobel.com slash school advocacy. And I'll put that script there so that you can kind of look at the little key points in it and then shift and adapt it to match your situation and what's going on with you. But here's a couple things you've heard in that, you know, kind of imaginary email communication. One, really clear to the teacher that you want the same thing, right? You want the behavior to get better too. Use tons of empathy, compassion, and statements that communicate things like, of course, like, of course you want to punish. That's what I want to do a lot of the times too, right? Of course. And that makes so much sense to me. Our words of connection and their words that decrease protection mode in the brain. And then set a boundary, Unfortunately, I've learned punishments don't work and often make things worse. That's the boundary, right? Of course, it makes perfect sense to me that we want to punish and we are hoping that that's going to solve the problem. And unfortunately, I've learned punishments don't work and often make things worse. Compassion, empathy, and then a boundary. What you say after that is going to really depend on the response that you get. You know, my experience working with teachers is that they chose a career dedicated to kids for a reason. They love kids and they want to have good relationships with them and they want their job to be more fun, right? So when teachers feel seen and not attacked or blamed, when they feel a partnership with parents instead of an adversarial one, you know, and remember y'all that there are literally teachers in the United States who have been assaulted physically by parents. And the incidence of verbal assaults are even higher. So if you really pause and step back and and think about this, teachers are afraid and they're defended right now. Their nervous system, 
right? We want to give their nervous system an opportunity to shift into connection mode, just like we do for our kids. And then, you know, what emerges from connection mode of our nervous system, things like curiosity, flexibility, and compassionate boundaries. Ultimately, those are the things that you're hoping you're, that the teacher will be able to bring to their relationship with your kid, right? Now, I'm not an educator and I spend very little, like, no time in schools. Like literally, I've not really been in a school since I was a student, right? So it really isn't my place to talk terribly much about schools, teachers advocating for both your child and their teacher. And their child, their, your child's teacher really does deserve a safe and regulated place to spend their days. This is their job. They spend the vast majority of their time there. And yes, it, they deserve to have a safe and regulated space to go to at work. But like I said, I, you know, when it comes right down to it, I'm not the best person to really advocate for, for how to do this. So I've gathered those folks for you. In the coming weeks, I have so many amazing guests lined up for you. You're going to hear from Emily Daniels, education consultant, founder of the training and consulting agency, Hear This Now, author of The Regulated Classroom, and creator of the Educator Self Toolkit. You're going to hear from Greg Santucci, occupational therapist extraordinaire who has decades of experience working with the schools and whose playful, compassionate, and grounded in science approach has taken the social media world by storm this past year. If you don't already follow Greg Santucci on Facebook, go do it. Lori DeSotos, author of Connections Over Compliance. She's assistant professor at Butler University in Indianapolis, creator of Butler's nine-hour graduate certification in applied educational neuroscience and founder of the Educational Neuroscience Symposium. You're going to hear from Jim Sporliter, the former high school principal who you are probably familiar with from the documentary Paper Tigers. And Holy smokes, if you're not familiar with Jim from Paper Tigers, go watch it now. Type into Google Paper Tigers and watch it. Jim is also the co-author of Heather Forbes, the co-author with Heather Forbes of the Trauma-Informed School. And you're going to hear from Julie Beam, Executive Director of the Attachment and Trauma Network, who, which offers so many services for all the grownups who are charged with caring for kids impacted by trauma, especially in including their Trauma-Informed Schools Initiative, which includes their annual Creating Trauma-Sensitive Schools Conference, a Trauma-Sensitive Schools Task Force, and a Trauma-Sensitive Schools think tank. So y'all, that's an amazing lineup. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get these episodes to you. So if you haven't already subscribed to the Parenting After Trauma podcast, obviously you want to do that now. These amazing guests will take us pretty close to the end of 2021. They're going to take us past this podcast's one year birthday. And these episodes are going to lead us into a well-deserved winter break. So again, if you want to see the script for the email that I narrated earlier in the episode and and even just a longer summary, you know, more than what the show notes offer of this episode, you can head over to robingoble.com slash school advocacy. 
as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. Y'all, exciting things are happening. If you want to grow your skills in supporting the parents and yeah, even the teachers or other grownups, really anyone who works with our kids, consider joining the inaugural year of being with an immersive holistic program that's going to anchor you into the science, fill your toolbox with tools and provide a safe container to explore your inner world. It's actually that whole safe container to explore your inner world piece is really the most important piece of all. Head over to robingobel.com slash being with to see all the details for that year-long immersive holistic program and for registration. I will see you next week with my first guest interview in this Supporting Our Schools series. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you could get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. 
Or you can just head to my website, download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now. And I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.